Hi, this is Brandon. Welcome to the Crucible of Thought. I'm here to share things that interest me and things that I think the Lord has brought to my attention. Today's episode is titled, A Collective Identity. I've been reading a book titled, Misreading Scripture with Individualist Eyes, Patronage, Honor, and Shame in the Biblical World. It's got me thinking about the dynamics of people that think primarily in terms of groups versus individuals, and about the patterns in American culture and society of the use of authority, and especially about how this shows up in church life. The book points out that the single most individualist thinking society on earth is America, second is Great Britain, and third is Australia. As a summary, with our individualist thought process, Americans seem prone to creating power structures where an individual is, or at least considers themselves to be, an absolute authority over a group. Any sense of accountability is often secondary to that sense of personal authority. This American individualism applies to all walks of life, religious, civil, and family. But much of the world, especially Asia and the Middle East, instead think about the group before thinking about individual rights. And I'm learning that that's also true of the cultures into which the Bible was written and lived. As such, the Bible speaks to and teaches collectivist ideals, where the group and its relationships are the focus, not the individual. And this has some intriguing consequences for my belief structures. So let me divert from the point of this post for a moment. Please don't get triggered by the term collectivist. This does not refer to a communist or Marxist view of economics or social structures. It really doesn't. It's purely a term referring to thinking about the society or the situation in which a person exists primarily as a collection, not primarily as a number of individuals, and valuing the good of the society over the self. Collectivism is abused by communism, but this post and the concept of the book have nothing to do with communism. Also, this post contains a lot of generalizations. I'm well aware of that, and I'm well aware of the dangers of generalizing. And... With that said, I believe there's great value in looking at patterns, even if there are many exceptions. I find that when I reject my own sense of offense at being part of a group that's being discussed, I can learn a lot about my own thought processes and tendencies, even if I'm not personally at fault or I'm not doing whatever's being discussed. So with those caveats, let's get into the heart of the matter. It's always interested me that we Americans are so fascinated with royal families and societies. We devour movies and television shows and books that depict kings and queens and all the associated politics. For a nation that explicitly and very deliberately cast off royalty 250 years ago, we're surprisingly stuck on the whole idea. I think maybe it's because the idea of personally being a king or queen deeply appeals to us as individualist thinkers. We want to be completely in charge of something without having to answer to anyone. So while we Americans deeply value our own independence, and we really don't want anyone else telling us what to do, we also kind of wish we could tell everyone else what to do. And that conflict is probably a fairly universal human tendency, not just for Americans. At any rate, as individualists that grew up in an individualist society and with individualist thinking and ideals, we American Christians often see individualist patterns in what was never really meant as individualist. So, as the book Misreading Scripture posits, we American Christians generally seem to have misread the intent of various scriptures about how to rule. Our view generally diverges from an understanding of rule being about relationship between the authority and those under their care, 
and in fact all of the society around that relationship and authority. Instead, it leads to a pattern that seeks to collect and silo power into a single person or role. Unfortunately, that misunderstanding opens the door to unchecked abuse because there's nobody looking over the shoulder of the king of any given domain. Even a dad or husband under the authority of a pastor is still usually thinking of himself as the sole authority in his house, and always choosing whether or not he really trusts and submits to someone like the pastor. If he's challenged too hard, he can just leave and go to some different church, and if his denomination really offends him, he can just switch to a different one. The book Jesus and John Wayne chronicles the development of the American Christian concept of patriarch, among other things, and calls it one of the evangelical church's most deeply held values. It also explores the development and the idolization of the American nuclear family, quote-unquote. So the book Misreading Scripture shows how this view is rather different than how the family is viewed in much of the rest of the world and in biblical societies. Taken as a whole, these books and plenty of others posit that the Western Christian view of patriarchal authority residing within individual nuclear families may have serious flaws. But things appear different in a collectivist, biblical-era society. For example, a young daddy and husband was not a patriarch. At the time he had young children, a young father was probably barely out of his teens. He was just a dad of his children and a husband to his wife. And he was living in a very tightly knit society with lots of oversight. The family patriarch was likely several generations up from him, in all likelihood his grandfather or possibly great-grandfather who was head of the family. As a young parent and husband, this, this young person probably never had an opportunity to be patriarchal in his household, and he had a lot of both support and oversight from his elders and his peers. So by the time he was finally recognized as the family patriarch, he was many years into his marriage, his children were probably already parents themselves, and he had personally observed and learned from literally generations of experience in the process. Furthermore, as a collectivist culture member, he would be well-trained in thinking about the needs of the community far above his own needs and desires. Any decision that he made as a patriarch would be well understood to affect dozens, if not hundreds, of other people. It would never have been about what he thought was best. It would be a deeply personal choice for the welfare of many, with a great weight behind it and lots of very interested and personally affected observers giving him wisdom and guidance in that choice. At best, it seems that we have to look more closely at biblical teaching about authority and submission and honor and respect and obedience and rule, keeping in mind the inherent framework of understanding that was often unwritten because everyone originally reading the letters from Paul and other apostles would have understood the teachings from this collectivist framework. What have we individualist thinkers misunderstood based on our differing mindsets? So the American concept of a nuclear family, where daddy is the father and patriarch of his house and the spiritual ruler and the sole authority, is quite aberrant from a biblical perspective. It's even worse if you start trying to read into it the various biblical commands regarding authority and roles and responsibilities. And I think that same tendency is spilled over into all kinds of other non-family authority structures. How a boss treats his or her employees, quote-unquote his or her, or how a pastor treats his or her flock, or how a politician treats his or her constituents. It all comes from that same well of thinking that says, I'm in charge here, I'm solely responsible, and I get to choose what will happen. And even if there's a desire to have the Holy Spirit guide the choices, the structure of thinking has been tainted by that same individualistic pattern of understanding.
the ramifications of this change in my personal thinking are therefore widespread. For example, how should I view scriptural commands about honor and respect and obedience in light of the cultural understandings that pre-existed those commands but were left unspoken? The heart of exegesis of the Bible is truly understanding not only the nouns and verbs, but also the context. Generally, this context is deeply important, in this case, to understanding authority and power structures in the Bible. Another one, how should I view my relationship with my family, not only my wife and my children, but also my parents and grandparents, in light of a collectivist or group pattern of thinking in which the scriptures were written? Or, how should I view my relationship with my church and my pastor in light of what shepherd and pastor and deacon and overseer and elders actually meant to Jesus and Paul and the other authors? Or, how should I view my relationship with the civil authorities in light of what we're commanded to do in the Bible by those who thought collectively when they wrote things like, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities? Does that change my understanding at all? It's a deep subject, and it can affect quite a bit of my theology. In particular, I find that it requires me to reevaluate quite a few things that I thought I absolutely knew to be absolutely correct about the patriarchal leadership of a nuclear family. I never realized how those foundational understandings that gird my leadership patterns were actually culturally shaped instead of automatically being true representations of the Bible's teaching. I'm not asserting that they're wrong, but I can also no longer assert with utter confidence that they're absolutely correct without significant further study. And understanding the cultural context of both the writers and myself is critical to really understanding these things. So there aren't really any answers here, but that wasn't my goal. Instead, I hope I've raised some questions that will encourage us both to ask the Lord for insight and clarity, free from cultural biases. So that's my thoughts for today, and I'll talk to you again soon.